0: The year is 1986. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. (laughs) And this is my marvelous year. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year. I'm your host, Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today is 1986 Part 3. We are going to cover the X-Men Mutant Massacre crossover that came out this year. This is My Marvelous Year, the show where we go through Marvel Comics from its origins to today. And we are, again, covering right now the year of Marvel Comics published in 1986. I am joined, as I often am these days... By uh, the only the only individual I know who started a um, a Simonson slander account recently. He's got Simonson slander forums available. We're going to get into that. It's Zach Dean. How's it going, Zach?
1: Yeah, that, that at Simonson sucks. It's S-U-X. It was a hard uh-huh. Twitter handle to get. Uh-huh. I had to, it was like a dead account. I had to contact Twitter, everything. But no, I got it, baby. And oh, boy. Oh, it's taken off. I've Doing got ten, work. tens of followers. I mean, they, they all they all just yell at me. Uh, everyone's just screaming at me. But that just makes uh-huh. my opinions worse.
0: <laughs> the louder you yell, the worse my opinions will get. No, we'll talk about uh, what you, you alluded to, to me, that you were not feeling The issues of X Factor that are a part of this Mutant Master crossover. So, we will talk about what is happening there. Um, Obviously, you've been the harshest critic that the world has ever known on Walt Simonson's Thor, which we've been covering uh, over the last couple years of My Marvelous Year as well. So, interested to hear what you have to say. And by interested, I mean can't wait. Can't wait (laughs) to tell you what's what. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, So, yeah, I'm Dave. He's Zach. We're My Marvelous Year.
1: Dave oh do you, oh we got to talk more about our podcast, okay. Uh, you're, you're ready to go. You're chomping yeah, at the Yeah, I'll a do. Bit. I'll do it quick though. Here, uh, money, you're like please. scalp Hunter in the tunnels. Money iTunes reviews. Thank you.
0: Money iTunes reviews. If you could leave some money iTunes reviews, that would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> reading and reviewing helps us find new listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're interested <laughs> in what we are reading as part of the My Model This Year curated reading guide through the yep. entire Marvel universe, you can find all the comics in the show notes, or you can back us Patreon.com/slash My this Year for as little as one dollar a month. You mm-hmm. can get access to the Master Spreadsheet, which this year, Zach, includes a link mm-hmm. in the notes to comicbookherald.com where I have a the Mutant Masker reading order. I think this is one of the first, if not the first instance, where we actually needed a reading order to hop from tie-in to tie-in across yeah. uh, this Marvel crossover event. And we'll talk a little bit about um, kind of the experience of reading a a crossover tie-in comic for the first time in the My Marvel This Year Journey. We've read a couple events now. Obviously, Secret Wars Two has this uh, nature, but we didn't read all of Secret Wars Two. You know why, Zach? Why didn't we read all of Secret Wars Two? You tell me.
1: Oh, because we just we thought we'd get too excited and uh, and just like it would be overwhelmingly exciting and fun and we did, we And we've to... we've
0: recorded a few episodes where both of us are overwhelmingly excited and fun mm-hmm. and as blissful as they are in the moment every time we play them back it's yeah. just high pitched squeals it's yeah, exactly. very high pitched squeals it's for the fans
1: we just couldn't like yeah, we couldn't fan out or uh, geek out like that. You know, right. so we just had to hold ourselves back and, and read it in private, you know. Just right. it's just so, me, Secret Wars two and God.
0: Well, it's important, I think, when you're when you're publicly broadcasting a number of things, you gotta keep some things private, right? And and your love of Secret Wars Two, that's between you and God. <laughs> We've always said that is uh that's very important to keep to yourself. But Mutant Massacre, not the case. We're gonna talk about the event and the crossover in its entirety. Zach, was this the first time? You've read the Mute Masker.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all the all these comics, right? Like, I don't think I will have read almost anything from now until like 1999, with the exception of um, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet thing, like the Infinity War. I don't know what it's called, but whatever the the like. You Star read thing.
0: Infinity Wars? You just went straight to Infinity Wars?
1: W- whatever the one in like, like a maniac? In a couple years, it's going to happen. Infinity Gauntlet.
0: Infinity Gauntlet's in 1991.
1: That's that's the name of the event. Yes, yes. I I read that, like, Thanos Quest and the, like, main event for Infinity. But besides that, everything here, I think um, literally everything we are reading from now until, like, the the end of the 90s is going to be fresh for me. So, no, this was all brand new for me. This is, uh... Besides, like, the 2019 Dawn of X stuff, the first time, first and only time I've ever seen Apocalypse
0: mentioned. Like, yeah, I've never read an okay. Apocalypse
1: comic before. Um, I didn't know who most of these mutants are. I didn't know who... I, you mean, didn't, I know didn't know who, know who most X... of
0: the mutants are? <laughs> <There's>... Okay, <laughs> We've, we've so, seen most of them before.
1: L- let me just first say, this event was confusing, uh, if for no other reason, that it just became, like this n- proper noun salad of, like, team names and brand-new mutants and stuff hmm. that the art did not help me distinguish because it's, like, there's the Executioners, there's the Freedom Force, X-Factor... Well, Executioners...
0: X-factor. It, executioners is a little confusing, uh-huh. um, but I that no is, idea. like, a spin-off of X-Factor. So you're, the confusion Ma- there stems from not reading all of X-Factor to this point. Well, the Marauders are literally brand-new. This is their... Yeah, game.
1: yeah, I got, I got that. It just, like... <sighs> I, I don't know that so I, I think all you're, you're
0: inundated with X terms here, baby. They're coming yeah, in and they're coming yeah. in hot, and you no, found that a little overwhelming. Down. I found that a little exciting.
1: i'm I'm getting uh, my excited voice. We got a lot oh of all right. this, uh, this this series, this crossover event. I think it's actually the first real crossover event that we've had. Yes. Because every event that we've had so far has been like, here's Secret Wars 2, here's the main 9 issues, 10 issues, whatever. And then there's like spin-off issues, right? It like dances around. There's no mainline yeah. thing here, right? Except maybe X-Men, but it's really like In X-Men theory, and X-Factor. In theory, you could read
0: just the Uncanny X-Men issues, 2.10 to X-Factor 10, 2, is 2, like 13. Pretty,
1: a pretty big part of it, I think, too. Yes. No, it's but better I, when I you read between... all the chapters between those t- I don't know about that. Um, well, when
0: I say all, I mean all the X-Men chapters. We'll talk yeah, about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like Power Pack, there's Thor, there's Daredevil <laughs> thrown in. Yeah. Um yeah. stuff like that. You know what is like it's interesting because this is um I th- I think a big problem with this series is it's kind of or this event whatever is it's kind of incoherent in its inc- or its it is incoherent, but it's also inconsistent where, like... Disagree. Disagree. There are, let's, like... Let's, let's this stop is, there. This is one incoherent. issue that's, like, pretty it's good. super streamlined. And then, oh, my God. I think... Yeah, no, I think it, it's totally, like, a jumble. I mean, how did this end? Like, what what was the... How does the, anything
0: end in comics?
1: I mean, literally, like, I don't know what the end point was this was. Like, the when, where did the Marauders go? Are they gone? Did they...
0: They escaped? All right. Back it that's up. That's it? Okay. Back it up. Oh, my God. Okay. So let's, right. let's take it from the top. Mutant Massacre Mm -hmm. begins in Uncanny X-Men number 210. Like you're saying, there are 13 issues that are a part of the Mutant Massacre storyline, okay? But that is spread across, let's see, approximately six series, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Three of those, Uncanny X-Men, X-Factor, and New Mutants, are very much X-Men line, right? That is the X-Men line of comics at this point in time. Then we get those oddballs, which make a lot of sense when we talk about the people involved, including Thor, Power Pack, in Daredevil. Now, Thor, written by Walt Simonson, art here mm-hmm. by Sal Buscema, Walt Simonson is going to come on to X-Factor as the artist with issue 10, starting with issue 10 for a decent-sized run, and he is working there with his wife, Louise Simonson, mm-hmm. uh, who is writing that series, right? She's also yep. writing Power Pack. So you see, and she's been editing Uncanny X-Men and working closely with Chris Claremont, and then you have Ann Nocenti, who's an editor on Uncanny X-Men uh, throughout this era. She's writing Daredevil now at this point in time so that's why we get the daredevil time right so you have this sort of this house of creative ideas that have all been working together that's why these books are what you know is a part of this story which does you know it if it is it's definitely not perfect i I wouldn't say that i think it's quite (laughs) good actually as as sort of a vision for what if you're going to do a each new series is a chapter of a story book which is something marvel has not really played with before on this scale right um and and definitely in the x-men line which is the biggest thing in in marvel comics right now um it's each piece kind of does tie in somewhat naturally even thor which is like the most out there in issue 373 is technically a tie-in it includes like two pages at the end those two pages are pretty significant OK, so yeah, there's sure. there's some planning and I think some execution that goes into this that is relatively effective, given it's a thing that now has a very negative reputation because these types of stories tend to get too unwieldy, too big. Um, this is this is contained enough that it's not necessarily bloated quite in that way. I think there's a little bloat, you know, yeah. but it's not it's not uh, egregious. I mean,
1: the, the thing is, OK, so that when when I think it's bloated, I'm, I don't think that the story becomes too big and too sprawling. I think it completely Lose focus So the, the main The main thrust Is that The Marauders Are this team Of mutants Who like br- Burst into the um, Into the sewers Under New York City And they start killing The Morlocks Who are Yes Mutants that we haven't seen We skipped over those X-Men issues But they're they Mutants who basically Can't present as human Right Like So they look like Lizard people They, they have You know like they, they just can't hide Their mutant Mutantness Behind like Looking like a human sure and uh you know like one of them looks like a dragon one of them has jewel eyes you know they've got green skin whatever like stuff that prevents them from blending in like a lot of the other if movies. you
0: saw someone who straight up looked like a dragon mm-hmm. walking down your street would you <laughs> actually wouldn't... be like kind of freaked out
1: i mean yeah yeah definitely. i
0: think i'd just be excited
1: hmm.
0: no honestly I'd be maybe, like, maybe i've just read too many comics
1: dragon man oh dragon man Ooh. right now that you straight up you saw imagine.
0: dragon man anyway I hear what I you're saying. Love, yes, they cannot dragon. pass as human. The Morlocks yeah. live in these tunnels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, the Marauders are City.
1: this team of dum-dums who show up, and, like, God, is there not, like, a less cool... Well, okay. The only, I would say
0: dum-dums is a polite way to describe the, the, this the murderous, The only team
1: group. that looks stupider and, like, like a more like a pack of lamos than the Marauders <laughs> is X-Factor right now. You're really giving X-Factor, it to her. X-Factor is the, like, absolute dumbest, especially at the beginning of this in Uh X-Factor number nine, when they still have their, like, original uniforms on, which are all the same. They're wearing, like, identical blue jumpsuits and sunglasses, and they all look like such dorks. Uh, God, I hate X-Factor. The
0: the original five X-Men are back together again in X-Factor. We talked about this a little bit last uh, last episode. they're, they're not indistinguishable. No, they are totally are. About? Like I cannot. Like I, mean, I was looking. at very like, clear. Which one's
1: Beast? Which one's uh Scott Summers? I don't know which one. Beast is the
0: bulky one with enormous feet, who nope. is uh not blue right now. Ah, I actually feel like fairly crucially, um at least oh, in, in. I didn't even notice that. Right, God. that actually just dawned on me how, how big a deal <laughs> that should be. Yeah, I do uh, the one with fiery red hair. Well, yeah, now, no, not I can sure tell if her, you could tell that.
1: I can tell her apart, but the boys, like, did you read these with your Walt's, eyes closed? Walt Simonson's art here is just atrocious. In, uh, in X- what? Dector. I think his, his... atrocious. He yeah. says. Oh no, no, no! This is Terry Schumacher. Okay, and X Factor number nine. is Terry Schumacher. Yeah. He, he, that's that's the worst one. I Are we think... jumping
0: right into Star Slam and Simonson by Zach Dean? Your special can, segment. I think we should that. maybe talk about what yeah. happens in this book. All right. So the Marauders you break launch into your the private sewers, vendetta against some of the nicest they... people in comics.
1: Oh no, he seems very nice. <laughs> like this is not this is not personal. He seems like oh, nice it's guy. personal. Um, move but,
0: o- move but, over, Roy Thomas. We've got a new enemy in town which are
1: all like the sweetest people you know it's just like i'm somehow standing for uh frank miller and john byrne and their work yeah yeah
0: john byrne is is your favorite person of all time i know meanwhile meanwhile the good ones are getting uh ham caked well i mean another thing about
1: this is like louise simonson like man do i want do do i wish i liked her writing more right because it's just like out of all the women who have written so far. I mean, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but Marvel's idea of just like, all right, we need to get some gender equality, like women in the workplace. Uh, anyone got any wives who want to write comics? <laughs> and no, like, that's that's that, unfair not, to uh for,
0: to Louise here.
1: To Louise, maybe. But before, back in the 70s, this happened a bunch. And all of the, like, yes. female... mini, that, That's what I mean. We never talked about this. All the, like, female miniseries we read, like, or we didn't read, which was, like, the cat or whatever, Tiger's original thing. Uh-huh. And like Night Nurse or something. I can't remember. But there were a bunch of like female um miniseries that they were like, All right, we'll give we'll give the ladies a shot and it was just like I can't remember whose wives, but it was like Jean collins wife or something, and it's like clearly they do not have the experience. They're just Glennis, being, you know.
0: Glennis Ween shows up a lot as um as a colorist in the seventies. I in the eighties now so like Louie Simonson, she's not married to Walt in, in the early part of the eighties yeah. while she's editing Uncanny. Um I forget what her maiden name is, but you know, she's goes by that while she's editing so she's there doing work well before and that and he obviously is editing you have Mary Jo Duffy um Who's writing the, Iron Man wait, Power Pist and other stuff here right not to like her. say Marvel's some incredible factory of diversity during this era no. but there's actually very notable contributions from these women in comics who yeah. um should be celebrated as like Pretty groundbreaking in again in big two superhero comics. There was, Marvel there was specifically. that Doctor Strange
1: artist uh, who was a female who I quite liked. I can't remember Marie her Severin. Name. We like yes. a lot from yeah. Uh, I like I like her age. stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I think uh, I think Louise Simonson works a lot better on Power Pack than she does X Factor. X Factor, I think, is really bad writing. Um, I See, think I think she
0: actually does. I think her tone, which is you know, you kind of compared it to. Uh, you said it is kind of antiquated, right? Yeah. Kind of like it feels like it's from an older era of comics. I actually think that works really well on X-Factor because that is the team. The team is, let's bring back the original five, classic X-Men, and now put them in this new era. So they are kind of this older version of an X-Men franchise, you know? Like Claremont is what's new. At this point, it's not even new, right? It's a decade in. Um, but bringing back X-Factor is like, I, I think that tone... Fits a little bit better. Power Pack it fits very well, even though that's yeah, not think, a book. That super works for me. It makes a lot of sense to write them. I like um, she writes. She, she can write like a X-Factor. kid. Like she can write kids' voices. I think yeah. pretty organically.
1: Yeah, I liked, I liked the Power Pack stuff. I liked her writing on Power Pack a lot more than X-Factor. Um, all right, let's talk about the broad brush of what's happening with this, and then we can get into... Let's like, see the if we can make it series. through
0: without you throwing some slander at uh, celebrated creators in Marvel's history. Let's oh, see.
1: that's not going to happen, because I don't... There's, not, there's barely a thing here that I, I like. So, so, okay,
0: the... Yeah. the Event begins, like you mm-hmm. said, the Morlocks invade, the, or the Morlocks invade, the Marauders invade the Morlocks' tunnels. They're led by uh, an individual named Scalp Hunter. He's got metally guns everywhere. That's his uh-huh. thing. He can make guns mm-hmm. out of anything. Um, other members of the Marauders <laughs> include, like, uh, uh, Vertigo, who makes everybody dizzy and sick to their tummies, and Blockbuster, who's super strong, and Arclight, who Harpoon? probably does things I with think. light. Something Harpoon like throws yeah. energy projectiles. Um, and then there's... Possibly one or two others that again, There's like a few others, yeah. Until recently, original Marauders were not names I really kept around in my head, um, mm-hmm. but they show up and they absolutely massacre the Morlocks. the yep. The event is true to its name. It is the grisliest, bloodiest, uh, most violent event we have seen in Marvel Comics, um, probably at all, but definitely. As far as like atrocities committed against me,
1: that meetings. still somehow seems totally bloodless and without impact to me. Without like, I, impact, I think, I that, think that says it's...
0: more about you. No, it doesn't. And your no, think, interpretation I think that's of the moral,
1: a lot eyes. of the art as well. I think the art, like there are. Well, so it's many literally
0: bloodless. That's still a thing.
1: Yeah, sure. But like, there there are moments here where it's just like this is a big moment in the art is absolutely underselling what's happening uh walt simonson i think is writing the issue of x factor where angel gets harpooned to the wall no nope. and it is this like is it not he's
0: not he's not writing any of this he's writing not Cold. writing
1: no he's penciling that issue mm-hmm. he's penciling that issue and like that moment is absolutely underwhelming there's no impact to that what? and it should be like i completely and I disagree big... and i 100 percent
0: because... disagree he angel gets a moment after an issue of being kind of beaten into the dirt, of standing up for himself, of sacrificing himself for the team. And then he is literally crucified by his wings,
1: mm-hmm.
0: by the marauders in and the sewers here boring. to help his team.
1: <laughs> like the art is so dull. There. It's it has, visually like, striking with no, his wings should, spread out. It, it's, it's like about the most boring way you could like you could draw that panel. And like so it should be this big moment. And instead, it is, it like is a big one moment. of the like it's extremely five. memorable. It's, like, barely in panel. There's, like, five panels on that page, and it, like, barely makes an impact. Um, he gets
0: it is the snot kicked out of him for three pages, not, and then he gets like, his wings crumpled and torn. There isn't a torn. punch
1: in this entire—in the the entire Mutant Massacre, I don't think there's, like, a single punch that I felt. Like, that. it is so absolutely well, without Well, that's not how comics it.
0: work. We haven't quite <laughs> cracked that virtual reality technology yet. I mean, like, uh, John, wow. I, John I completely disagree. has been
1: able to do that with, like, oh, back geez, in here his, we go his again. X-Men, X-Men were I mean, yeah, Bird and Miller have been able to do that. Um, I, a f- a few your, like... your
0: differentiation between the art of Frank Miller and Walt Simonson mm. is... Is difficult for me to comprehend.
1: Yeah, I think like some, stylistically, I, I their really, takes on
0: action is not that far apart to me. You
1: no, know, I, today I was looking at it, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm just comfortable saying Walt Simonson is like not a good comic book artist. Like, I, <laughs> really? Like, I was like, I feel like I've been a little brainwashed, and like my expectations just. Took I think me you really could use more time,
0: brainwashing. But... It didn't take. <laughs> Did it obviously you, didn't work.
1: This idea, of, like, I think he's just he does not have a knack for action poses and I was thinking this where I was just like I don't know like this is such a I mean it's such a hot take here but then I looked at the cover of X Factor number 10 and I was like no, no, I'm totally right well that right. doesn't like, count is,
0: it's that it's is... that goofy Marvel uh, characters character centric covers no but it's he's like, doing you know, action a, poses one, one and face they are and a bunch of people around him
1: oh no no I like those those are all fun um, no I think yeah that's the cover he does if oh, you're talking ten. about X
0: Factor number 9 I don't think that's even him
1: uh, let's you see you no. No, nine's okay. It's it might be eleven then.
0: Nine is uh, Mark Silvestri and Joseph Rubenstein. So shots fired at Silvestri. We'll get there in X Men lore. All right. So yeah, I, I, I don't think, even look, know. Look at his it, covers. It, I don't necessarily so, want to spend this episode yeah. debating the merits of Walt Simonson. I guess we could do that it, on a Thor. Yeah, it is a, it is eleven. I a think Thor specific. Like I mean, there are of Thor the worst issues here. Covers I've ever seen.
1: What is and, nine? Uh, eleven. <laughs> you are. This is the
0: grumpiest I've ever heard yeah. you. you. And you are and so Thor- negative.
1: I know, and I, I don't want to be. I wish I was liking these comics, but like... I wish
0: you were different, too.
1: Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. harsh. Oh, yeah, and then he does the... Co- Thor Oh, no, Thor 374 is the one that I was really like, oh, my God, like, how does anyone look at this and be like, oh, good action, good art? Like,
0: That's not his art. That's Sal Bushema.
1: 374, all right, well, sorry. Jeez, horrible. Louise. <laughs> oh, you're right. Good golly. All right, well, then. Oh, no, cover artist, Walt Simonson. It is Walt Simonson. I mean, look at it. It looks like Walt Simonson. Are you Simonson? just talking about a sorry. cover now? I'm it, saying doesn't that the cover it doesn't of matter. It doesn't matter. This is all well beside of the how, point. Like, pretty, uh, pretty bad. He is at doing action and like actual like comic storytelling <laughs> with his. He's with fantastic his art. No, at action. No. I don't he not He is true at all. Extremely <laughs> so influenced boring. by Jack
0: Kirby. So his boring. movements and his kinetic actions. Yeah, in Jack Thor Kirby was bad at action Excellent. Too. Like there's, there's... that's a bad. That is a terrible opinion. He's the. He's no. the like innovator and creator of action in
1: comics. No, that's nuts. We never thought that Jack Kirby was, like, good at action. That is not what he sells at. Yes, you never thought that. Okay, well. When you think
0: about somebody flying through the air and doing crazy action in comic books, you're thinking about Jack Kirby.
1: No, I'm thinking about, like... Whose action do you like? Miller and Byrne. uh, Miller and uh, Byrne. And what's his name? Uh, Not Byrne is heavily influenced by Kirby as well. Whoever this is this is great.
0: astonishing. I listen. I can I can. Burns stomach. writing is
1: Burns writing is influenced by Jack Kirby, not his art. And I his do art not is think influenced heavily
0: by Kirby as well, his well. Well, his I mean,
1: in porn. the way that everyone is a little bit, but I don't think so at all. No, like, I don't in think a way that is very deliberate. His his storytelling is not similar to Kirby's at all, like John Burns.
0: I I would guess he would disagree with you on that. Well, it, he's wrong. <laughs> I can stomach your, your your you know your your less thought through opinions on. Um, disliking these things to categorize them as actively bad is <laughs> crazy. Like, no, it, man. Like, I don't think there's a page nuts. that looks good. That's like, just saying it, comics aren't good. Which, I, if that's where you are, like, mentally right now, I, I, like, okay. I was
1: flipping through X Factor number ten, which is drawn by Walt Simonson, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, there's not a good page here. Like, these pages just don't look good. Like, there, the action on them does not flow. There is. He like,
0: has a dis. He has a distinct way of drawing characters which stands out from the glut of of everything else that's going on i value that i I big time disagree that his action does not like show some sort of movement and kinetic action i i think that is something he is generally good at now i I won't say like this issue specifically is like his finest work in terms of action sequences Mm -hmm. um but but there is stuff here again like angel getting the tar beat out of him and then hung from a wall is an iconically devastating sad remembrance of something that happens to this character which has enormous impact for a long That's
1: time Wild to me because i read that and i was just thinking like well this sucks like this seems like nothing and it should be a big moment and i there's no impact to this whatsoever it's so totally like perfunctory of just like and now this happened like and it just felt like so brushed that is over that is how art
0: sequential is. art works it, saying, and now this happened, as an insult to me, is completely without meaning, because that is sequential art, I, and now this happened. <laughs> like, that oh is the structure God. of panels following one you
1: know, another. You know what I'm talking about, where, like, comics no. feel like, okay, well, then, we ha- we have talked about this a lot, where comics, specifically, like, action comics, do not feel like they have any kind of drama or stakes, because it is so hurried and rushing to the next thing and it's so like moving through things that you don't feel like you have any you know like there is no lingering on the import of a single moment so it is just kind of like and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and it like feels just I this, would say like, the mute
0: massacre lingers heavily the yeah, mute massacre as an event lingers does, on yeah. this specific incident it does not rush to anything else <laughs> how, the how incident long of was the mute massacre in the
1: sewers happening was it was it 45 minutes or was it 5 days because i could not tell <laughs> like
0: well i think the actual massacre itself is a fairly limited amount of time and then what we get throughout the event is the x-men investigating coming into battle with the marauders then we have the new mutants figuring they need to check things out and then of course x-factor is there as well like that is the the premise for all these teams coming together is they all wind up in the morlock tunnels and they're either fighting um the marauders or in x-factor's case like freedom force shows up which is a team we haven't really talked about so far in the 80s um mystique and the former brotherhood of evil mutants blob destiny uh avalanche pyro they all get a gig with the government as freedom force (laughs) which is kind of fascinating actually um but they play a role here too so yeah Uh, i mean like the morlocks get slaughtered and then everyone's trying to figure out in the tunnels and then the comic doesn't do anything else like that's it like the morlocks more or the morlocks more or less are wiped out um, the x men are trying to heal as many of them as they can or find some survivors. And the marauders themselves, like, all escape. I think they pretty much all get away. So that is the that is what this event does. I think if anything, it probably by the time you get to the end and the extended like power pack and Daredevil tie-ins, mm-hmm. it's lingering almost too long. Oh, you yeah. know? because it, it does thing.
1: feel like we are spending. It does across all these series, it feels like we're just spending, like, so much time in this one half-hour chunk, and we're just reliving it over and over again through the point of view of like Daredevil, and now Thor, and now Power Pack, and like. Although, like, I like the Power Pack and the Thor spinoffs. The it, I like the first X Men issue, and then I like the Power Pack and the Thor spinoffs, and that was about it. Besides Jeez that, boys. I like find this the the opening.
0: I think the opening of this event is very strong. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I do. I too. The I was first excited. About quarter of it is very issue good. Number one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, I would say the first goes... quarter is pretty good. I I think you feel you feel how
0: big of a moment this is for the X-Men especially. So like if we look at the Claremont written issues in Mm -hmm. Uncanny X-Men here with uh, art primarily by John Romita Jr. Inks by Dan Green, like the moment and the terror that is occurring, I think, is felt pretty effectively. It feels very much like the X-Men are grappling with this awful, awful thing. And then when they go to battle the Mm -hmm. Marauders in the tunnels, they get their butts whooped like we haven't seen. Now there are a handful of mitigating circumstances, like Nightcrawler's already beat to heck, Storm doesn't have her powers. It, it, they tell um,
1: Magneto just to not come with them, which seems like yeah, not trust. bringing
0: Magneto was definitely the biggest yeah, the guy uh, strategic who like usually failure. is
1: one versus the entire X Men. He can, like, hold his own against all of the X-Men. Yeah, uh, why don't you just stay behind and watch the mansion just in case something happens?
0: I mean, he's, like, I guess ostensibly he's more watching the New Mutants yeah, at this exactly. phase of things, they're, they're um, but like, even that he doesn't I... do well because they break out too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then wind up getting chased around by the magus for a while. Uh, yeah. So hes he he cares about the New Mutants at this stage, but he's very bad at babysitting. Uh, he definitely could use a little practice Ooh. there. But I, I think the X-Men issues, like, Colossus gets nearly killed kitty pride gets nearly killed nightcrawler gets nearly killed this is the most we've seen this team beaten to heck and really have repercussions for all of the violence that is a part of their day-to-day i think that has a
1: significant impact let me give a little praise here so X Men number two ten is John Romita Jr. and Dan Green and then two eleven I think is John Romita Jr. and Brett Brett Blevins. I think the art in both of these is the best of the bunch and like does the best job selling the whole thing and like doing the setup of stuff. And I actually think that like there's a really powerful moment that I kind of feel like we wish I wish we'd seen elsewhere, where Colossus kills one of the marauders just by like cracking their neck. Harpooned. Mm-hmm. I think that works really well. I think that moment is sold. I think that moment has impact. It was exciting like to see that and like the repercussions of that um, because I think the art really sold that well. And then, I don't know if this John Romita Jr., Dan Green, in 2.10, he's doing some fun stuff where, um, I don't know what's going on with Dazzler. Dazzler's being possessed by... Um, Malice. What? Yeah, Malice. There's a really cool panel here where like Malice jumps out of the mirror and like tries to tackle Dazzler and uh, and they take an entire panel and then just fill the panel with the words. Get away. And the panel is just two big words mm-hmm. really works as like an effective scene cut. Right. She goes unconscious and we wake up later. I think that was really fun and something we hadn't seen before. Um, That's about all I got. to say So nice about so it. you would. <laughs> I mean, the way you're
0: talking about this is yeah. Meat Massacre is one of the worst comics we've read.
1: Uh, it's, it's like there with like the Kree scrawl war where I'm just like, well, I never want to read this again. And it also just felt like, I don't know what the point was. I don't, I wasn't, it, inter- it's I wasn't so,
0: in- it's so singular though. It's so specific with what the point is. Yeah. It was it's not clearly inter- just about the Morlocks getting massacred. Like that's in the okay, name. I mean, that's not, what is point? the confusion?
1: It's not fun. Like that's not a fun premise. No, it's not fun. Like- it's not supposed to be fun well okay i mean but it is you're you're being you know like it's supposed obtuse. to be fun yes Dave. What are you talking like about? i think you're being obtuse to like pretend you like is... warlocks getting killed yeah oh yeah this, is, this was like mouse to me like this is a very serious somber comic that i'm supposed to take like with a tear in my eye no like clearly this is supposed to be like fun and thrilling right like this is x-men superhero comics uh
0: like. no i don't think it is actually really much at like all. I think once it kind of gets to the back violence, half of like, like Wolverine versus Sabretooth, we're back into the thrill of the violence.
1: God, someone loves Sabretooth here. He gets like four issues where it's just like Well, this is, it, this is this is
0: effectively our debut of Sabretooth. Yeah, I mean, really is, like he's he technically here, yeah. originates in Iron Fist way back when with Claremont and uh and John Byrne, but like this is this is really the beginning of yeah. Sabretooth as a member of the Marauders, as a vicious beast as a longtime enemy of Wolverine. All that stuff kicks off here. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. it works. And that's, works you know, he gets a, a starring role in Daredevil in kind of a one-off where Daredevil has to deal with him. Th- there might be... around the sewers.
1: There might be a little bit of a... The, the, the way that I'm framing it might be a little unfair in that I am framing this as like, here's this event, right? And that might not be how I should because it might be unfair to be like, this is not an event. You know, like Secret Wars 2, I feel like a little more comfortable being like, well, that event sucks because like... You know, it began and it ended and it sucked all the way through, right? This, I don't know if they sold this as like a complete event, right? So one of my big issues is that it is just like the Morlocks go to the sewers, they kill a bunch of other mutants, they all get beat up, they beat up the X-Men, and then it's over and it's like they all just kind of trickle away and the event's done. And it felt like nothing happened. It didn't feel like it had some point or resolution. I don't know why they were there, except for like we get one hint where someone's like, Mr. Sinister sent his marauders there. And that's it. So it's, it kind of feels like unfulfilling. That felt like comics for the sake of comics. You know, it's just kind of like yeah, just action because action, right? Like so. The uh, the
0: one piece of that that I can see is the the idea that it doesn't really conclude is yeah. definitely true. Like like, like I is, literally we I read the you're last reading one it as it a part like... of an ongoing story that is yeah, continuing sure. and it's building towards clearly like. Oh, Mr. Sinister, I want to know more about him and why. What is this Marauders team he put together and why are they there? That's not a thing that we learn yeah. um, throughout this crossover. So, so, that, that might so be there are open questions it. that remain, yeah. Yeah. definitely. But it's like that is, again, we talked about this in a previous episode, but that is the Claremont structure of, of writing X Men is like everything is building to the next thing, ultimately. Sure. Um, sure. So this could this have had a stronger. I mean, the resolution here is something God awful happened and we don't know what to do. You know, we've been hit by a terrorist attack and it's, the thing ends with everyone still just like what just happened. You know, that it's still the devastation is lingering around them. I mean, that is the point of the the story, right? This Uh, terrible thing happens to mutant kind, what are you going to do about it? We don't actually get the follow up on that,
1: you know, or another, will we for some time? Yeah, so I I think maybe like it should be fair to point out, right, that like Claremont w- was not doing like this is Mutant Massacre one through nine, right? And we got to the end of it and it doesn't feel resolved. Like these are just four X Men issues, so for me to be like at the end of these four X Men issues, the whole thing isn't wrapped up, and that's unsatisfying. It might be unfair because it's like well, X Men two fourteen still exists and I haven't read that, so who knows? Um, but some, I mean, something else that's going on here is like. Uh, I kind of feel like Chris Claremont is a little bit running out of steam when it comes to um, his character dramas, right? So, like, he—I he, feel like he's just playing the hits to a degree here. With like, I, his characters are mopey, right? They're mad and they're self-loathing, and it's just like these are tunes I've seen played before. Like, Storm gets this whole subplot where she runs off because she's upset that she led the X Men into getting hurt. And that she led Peter into a situation where he killed a marauder and he's like soiled his soul while Storm was at the head of this. And so she like, you know, kind of goes off and has a pity party about like, do I deserve to be the team leader? No, like I'm nothing but a waste, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I feel like I've seen this multiple times from Storm, let alone from many different characters. And I think I just feel like this is a real Chris Chris Claremont uh, trope that he's returning to. And I'm just kind of tired of it. Like I'm pretty tired out of just seeing these these heroes like you know stand and like yell at a storm cloud about how they uh don't deserve to be part of the team and they're not worthy and who am i without my powers whatever that kind of stuff like it's just getting tired for me
0: i guess i mean it's pretty specific to the events of this issue i i don't yeah. know to me that's yeah. like it's... saying well i'm, I'm reading spider-man again in 2020 and I'm, I'm pretty tired of peter parker having guilt you know, yeah, it's like sure, it's man. pretty central to the dynamic. It's pretty central to the method of storytelling. Um, it's okay, certainly for anyone. I to mean, be especially tired when it doesn't do that is anything... ongoing and never ends.
1: I, I mean, especially if it doesn't do anything new with it, right? Like, I mean, Spider Man's guilt. I mean, do uh, do one more day, right? That's a new way to do Spider Man's guilt. Is that yeah? If hot? it wasn't
0: clear from the opening of this podcast, you do have the worst taste in comics. We do like we do like to celebrate your incredibly I mean, you, bad taste. You know
1: what, man? like I. I would feel, like, a little bit worse, except that every time I come out with one of these hot takes, I feel like the majority of the club is just like, yeah, yeah, he's he's not wrong. You you feel and, that
0: way, but it'll be, like, one person There's who's like, there's oh, absolutely, yeah, like, I, I agree with Zach, and you're like, yes, the, people, the people have spoken.
1: <laughs> I've never been more confident that, like, the club will be on my side with this, unless you were, like, literally, I was reading all these when I was 13, and they all, like have some sweet spot for me because, like, I love them when I was a kid. Like, anyone who was reading these for the first time is going to line up with me. I, I feel the, very confident. The
0: Mutant Massacre <laughs> is not some perfect event, certainly. Yep. I think the opening of it, I think, is very effective. I will be yeah, very, so very too. surprised if the majority of the My Marvelous Year readership comes away from this event and says, yeah, Zach's right, this was one of the worst comics.
1: Bloated, before. incoherent, confusing, like... Needless, I, I think you, had, you had a time...
0: You yeah. had a time reading this one, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. for for the reasons you're you're attempting to. Elucine. I mean, there's also and just like, there's that is this just very... not the experience I have reading this comic.
1: Yeah, I, th- I mean, part of it is like you love all this lore and stuff, and it like it all ties in and points to stuff that you. Lore well, like is pretty important but... to X Men. I mean, it's yeah, it's pretty and important I'm, like, to it's, caring it's about one of the... a story
0: that's been going for eleven years. It's one of the like the least about the
1: interesting things to me, right? So like that. But then why? But then me. why
0: are you reading the story eleven years later? Like there's no there's no reason to lead to read something that started in 1975 if you don't care about the lore and the world building. Truly, well, like what are you I looking am... for? You're looking for a standalone graphic novel, is what you want to read.
1: No, I mean there are ways something to, entirely like, different. No, I mean like even with the X Men, there are stories that I have liked and enjoyed that are still part of a larger tapestry. I just also like to require that these stories themselves are good. Like I, I don't care about the the stories if they are just like if they feel like they're just filling out the Wikipedia page. Like, yeah, or at sure. Least that's not. I mean, that's, at least that, that, that would that's be not a bad story for me, right? Like that that is not enough. And I think we. Yeah, I, like, I
0: I just don't know how you could possibly say that about Mutant Massacre, which is so clearly based on a central event and which is the follow up of that which is done in some pretty unique ways for the X-Men franchise. They have not lost a fight like this in Marvel history, right? This many mutants have not died in Marvel history. This is an atrocity committed that is light years beyond what we saw in X-Men God Loves Man Kills, right? I don't don't think the execution is absolutely perfect, but you can't say there's no, like, nothing has changed like we've seen this song done before.
1: Kind of feels like you're bringing a little bit of that, like the the drama and the pathos to this. That I feel like the book is not right. Like you're just like they've never <laughs> no, been beaten this like this this is my before. reaction from the book. This and is I'm not me like, trying to sell it. No, I have no, no, no interest I'm, I'm, I'm in anyone. I'm not saying you're not being sincere, this. but I'm saying that like I feel like you're saying like that. You know, this is the this devastating loss for them. And I'm like, I didn't feel that at all. Like I didn't feel. I didn't feel, walk away being like, oh man, it's like, on the page.
0: It's on the page. It it's the way Colossus is crumpled on a hospital bed. It's the way Kitty Pride is intangible. It's the way Nightcrawler has being mean, gutted. Compared it's I, on the page.
1: I, I mean Mephisto like tearing them all to pieces and like Colossus's body with his rib cage exposed when Mephisto had Mephisto. Them in, in his limbo like that felt more impactful to me, right? That like Belasco. About, like, who? Oh, Belasco, yes, you're right, yes. I don't know, the same guy. Um but, but not I don't know, I don't know. Um, yeah, like, that stuff sold it better to me. Like, those felt like they had impact. Not a ton, I didn't love those stories, but, like, this, it was just, like, I was, like I'm saying, like, Angel gets impaled here, and that was a moment where I was just like, man, I wish they, uh, I wish they sold this moment. Like, this is a pretty uh, crazy moment, and I wish this was doing something, like, with the art to, uh, like, to to sell me on the, like, impact of this enormity, the enormity of this moment. Also, like, Peter gets paralyzed here by Magneto, and it feels like just this kind of brushed over. Well,
0: accidentally. That's yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows what's, I don't even <laughs> Magneto's know. Magneto's getting
0: uh, done dirty a little bit there. He was trying to save No, yes, 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 yes. I mean, I think you're, at the end of the day, we are on the exact opposite sides of the spectrum on this but your interpretation of three pages of Angel getting beaten to heck as he sacrifices himself for the team and then getting crucified on a wall by energy harpoon beams Mm -hmm. and feeling nothing like that is there's no argument I can make to say you like I felt something I think a lot of readers will I guess I can describe specifically what the comic is doing that tries to gear towards that but if you read all of these and just felt like zilch that is like what is the, what is the argument someone's supposed to have against that you know what i mean like that is just you no i'm i'm trying to make the point that like i think the, I, I mean you're tired of x-men comics like i don't i don't know any other way around this like you are you're for a s- number of episodes now yeah yeah you're tired of x-men comics and yeah, i I'm, i don't know well, that, no, that that's no, no. crazy Actually, like let me be, be clear f- didn't we as read, much as i love x-men at this with... era we're in things darkening we're in claremont has been on this title for a long time like if this was a writer right now You know, Mm -hmm. 2020, they'd have been on X-Men since 2009. Almost everyone would be saying they've been on the book too long. Like (laughs) that is generally how this works. You know, people don't get runs like this to go this long. So the idea that you're like, we're in year 11 of this and I'm ready for something new. That alone isn't crazy to me. I just still really like what he's doing. I think, again, like he's this unique writer of this again soap operatic dense storytelling and world building that continues to build this is the first event they've done like this in x-men comics in marvel comics in in his work right so they're trying something new here that is historically important it is story wise interesting even if 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 imperfect i don't again it's not like i think mutant massacre is my favorite comic or something i
1: actually i don't want to put this at the feet of chris claremont really like, I think this is the art. <laughs> I think largely I am complaining about the art and X Factor, I think, being boring. Because we just we just talked about, um... in this year, I think we just read a bunch, right, of like the Mojo stuff, right? Like, I don't think there's that much daylight between how, like, messy and convoluted the Mojo world, what was that stuff called? I can't um... I mean,
0: the, the art in those books is the best thing about those books. It's Art Adams.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Um but that like that Mojo Psylocke stuff is like about as confusing and like convoluted and bloated to me as this was. And I think a lot of that is the art. That's where it's just that's like, crazy. That's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. How
0: on earth is this that confusing?
1: Like I don't know who the executioners are. I don't really get. I kind of. That's a I mean, that's I gen- a
0: throwaway detail. That's not central, I, central to the plot. I
1: generally understand what fr- I f- who Freedom Force are. It, it's just it's overly convoluted, especially in X Factor, where it's just like they are dealing with all these. uh like public perception of X-Factor versus all the other mutants are like bouncing off of each other and Warren Worthington's being outed as an evil mutant and it's confusing to why actually let's just talk about this for a second why is X-Factor still doing this thing when it's just like <laughs> clearly that like the whole world hates them Mutants and humans are like pretty not into X Factor. Like humans don't like them because they found out that like they're head up by an evil mutant. Mutants don't like them. Well, they, they look just like they, they are... just find
0: this out in this issue. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's just the world at large of these, has like... believed X Factor to be humans hunting mutants. That is the convoluted plan the team has come up with so they can find and help mutants. Right. So yeah. so what's the what's the issue with this?
1: It, well, I mean, I just don't understand why like they're digging their heels. Like they just keep being like, oh, I I don't understand. Like I don't know. Uh, what we're going to do, like, everyone just hates us, and, like, everyone thinks we're so bad, and it's just, like, we, the X-Men, you know, are being convinced of this, and I, I don't know, I, the whole thing about, like, them being, like, we need to be traitors to the cause publicly so that we can accident, actually help these, like, three mutants seems so flimsy to me, and such a bad, like, thing to, to well, hang your Well, yeah, head I mean, I, I, what's happening keep, here is the premise for this team that was
0: introduced by, you know, when Bob Layton was writing the title, the, the Simonsons are finding their way out of that in in these issues because it's a really weird line to walk and it's also just like what is the message here like that yeah, they're exactly. that they're basically saying I, we're a hate group who's going to capture these evil mutants for you and right. but secretly we're part of them it's like it's a bad plan so that's yeah. that's what's getting undone here yeah
1: yeah i guess like the more picketing they have done on them and the more like other mutants who are like no you're evil like we can't I, I can't be rescued by you and they're like no no you need to ignore uh, everything you know about us publicly and come with us like and them just kind of doubling down on this despite everyone hating them feels so like silly and uh, also to be fair it feels does feel very Scott Summers and Angel to me like I guess I'm gonna <laughs> be fair it does feel like these t- are kind of two big idiots who are like yeah oh, I, I guess, mean it's, I guess it's more Angel's plan X- than anyone's
0: I think, you know, he's definitely the head of this. I think that is why, you know, these, these times are so centered on like him specifically being outed as the secret backing, you know, the financial backing of the unit. He's dealing with all that uh, prior to obviously this life changing thing that happens where he gets, you know, assaulted and, and, you know, we'll figure out exactly what happens to him by in, in future comics. But like, you know, it's more his story than anyone's, you know, Scott's still in this weird headspace of like, Oh, Jean's back and like he's he's not thinking this but he has a wife and baby back at home that he just Oh, I know it's wild. to come yeah. be part of this team.
1: Yeah, and he yells at, you know, yells at Gene Grey about like having this idealized version of him and he's like, "I'm not the Scott Summers you knew. I abandoned my wife and baby." And she's just like, "Oh, Scott, that's fine." <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. The whole the whole, the whole th- X-Factor is just like how long does X-Factor run? It goes for a while, right?
0: It's going to go for a while. X-Factor is typically it's definitely never, like, my favorite book. Um, yeah, it's pretty. pretty uh, it, it never awesome, gets man. there. It's got stuff coming that I like a lot more. We actually, so we see a little bit of that teased in these issues, which I had totally forgotten that Apocalypse does make an appearance. Um, mm-hmm. Apocalypse. So Apocalypse technically, and I you think, uh, think, debuts in issue five or six. And he shows up here just, like, to beat up a marauder. And kind of state his mission statement, which is that the strong survive. But, like, he's not a part of this story. It's just showing, like, hey, this guy's around. He's going to be a player in X-Factor. I
1: genuinely think that if I didn't already know who Apocalypse was, right, I would have just thought he was some aspect of the, like, mutant massacre that I was not fully understanding. Because that's what happened at first. I was like, he shows up to recruit somebody i can't remember one of the random new mutants who just got introduced he shows up to recruit them and i'm just like oh who's this guy must have been one of the marauders because the art like just kind of makes me confused about who they all are and i just kind of thought he was like oh it must be blockbuster or something
0: (laughs) it's a pretty random appearance it will pay dividends uh eventually but right now it's it's really more in the tease phase i mean it's more than anything it's a this is a a simonson character um so they're gonna start start bringing him in more thoroughly which i think will make X Factor more interesting. Uh, it's, the book gets better as it goes. Yeah, it's actually okay. it's actually akin to New Mutants in that regard. Where New Mutants for the first, you know, fifteen sixteen issues prior to Bill Sienkiewicz is kind of like uh, okay, like conceptually it switch, I get this, but it it's switch it's Writers
1: fine. or artists? Who
0: X Factor? No, it's still got the extremely talented and highly celebrated Simonsons on the book, uh, <laughs> the, the duo, uh, the husband wife duo who uh, literally everyone loves. So um, yeah, so this is weird. I I don't remember being this at odds about a whole <laughs> chunk of comics with you. Um, yeah, I guess so. truly since we've started, like obviously we disagree about plenty of things, I mean, but like the, this I is like
1: the Thor comics this week actually. They were okay. Actually, especially okay. 373. I 3- yeah, uh, they were they were fine. Like I thought the art was okay and the uh like Thor going to have fa- like dinner with a uh, with this big Italian family was kind of fun and like okay. It wasn't the most mind-blowing thing, but at least it was coherent. <laughs> My, my, the best thing I can say about a Walt Simonson issue, yeah, at least this one was coherent. Could grief. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm no, really. No, I'm being, this, I'm this aware. is
0: mean, but like your your constant reiteration of reading comprehension as a barrier is really perplexing. Like, like I don't get it. I don't get where you're coming from saying like this was hard to understand. Like, it's a pretty simple comic.
1: No, I mean, like I understand basically what happened, but it is so dense with tiny little character details, in a way, a tiny little inconsequential character details that it just becomes numbing. That is That's is—that's how saying. you build
0: out a massive supporting cast, though, which is what Thor does so successfully.
1: Uh, oh, well, I was talking about Claremont, but yeah, Thor's okay with that regard. Well, Claremont Thor, does it successfully
0: as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, Thor's you're, you're okay. playing with a lot of moving pieces.
1: No, I think Claremont, like, that, that is much to his, like, he, he cannot focus on stuff enough to give it, like, enough impact because he's so... So scattered across so many different things that nothing matters because he puts too much. He's like he's he's cooking with too many spices. You know, you gotta you gotta simplify things. I I genuinely I, think I hear that what you're saying, Vermont, but then again,
0: like... spread over the course of time, which is a very very large pot. To continue the metaphor, it's adequate. You know, it's the right amount. Like the yeah. story is enormous. Sometimes,
1: North. sometimes. Better than others, like I, you know, I, I've liked Claremont. I like Claremont issues from this year. Like we read that uh, the one with Wolverine versus what's her name, um, Lady Deathstroke. Like Lady I love that issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean, that's that's the rare sort of standalone one shot, and and this is I'm not going to rehash this argument, but it's like not every issue can be that. That is not the structure yeah, of the sure. way these stories are told. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they stand out when they I happen. mean, like, I
1: it, you are kind of framing it as if I don't like long running stories, which is not true. Like I. That's what you it, said.
0: I don't think I'm making this up. I mean, that was that was your kind of your argument with X
1: No, I was talking about how it doesn't have the uh, the like individual feeling to issues, where like issue like they're not putting any attention into making each issue feel like its own. I'm not talking about bottle issues where it's just like this is a story completely of its own. I'm talking about like this issue has an arc to it, right? Like, and this arc is part of a larger arc. Like a television show has episodes and they are all part of a larger season, but you can still have each episode be its own discrete unit where it's just like, wow, what happened in that episode? I think it's I think it's you're hard really to...
0: underrating how much focus is given to specific characters on an issue by issue basis. Like sometimes he, he does Claremont pretty sometimes consistently will hone in on on characters. Yes, he'll he'll bounce around and tell other people's stories like you're saying, like in TV, right? Very typical structure that everybody understands. Um, but even like in the Mutant Massacre. Like one of these uncanny issues is like a Psylocke focused issues. Two ten does that. There's actually like two, two chunks, are chunks are focused tight. on Wolverine and and Sabretooth, You know,
1: yeah. Two, two ten is a pretty nice like self contained issue. It like starts it. It's book ended with this um this rainbow colored mutant being hunted by the Marauders, whose like friend is being hunted. I think that one's actually pretty successful in that. Um, I think it's just like something that he is less interested in, and that uh you know I'm more interested in. Oh, Rick Leonardi. I liked his art too. I wanted to point him out. Um, he does one issue here. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So So,
0: my take my take on the event as a whole is definitely it's, you know, big eye important. Um, It is mostly successful. I do think it drags a bit by the end. Um, I think it starts very strong. And it's again, like to the one point that that you made about, you know, what is the conclusion here? That is either it's either going to go one of two ways for you. It's I want to keep reading because this is super exciting and I want to do the whole Claremont era X-Men order, you know, because there's clearly a lot of setup here or it can be, this doesn't conclude in a, in a super meaningful way. Um, which is, is a fine, I think, uh, recognition of this like event, not having a super clear ending again, aside from just the general, like they lost and they lost. Again,
1: I don't, I don't even know if he viewed this as an event. Right. So I like, I don't know if that's like a fair,
0: what do you, what do you mean by that? It's, it's definitely intended as a you know no, but like over it doesn't event. end
1: with like the finale of the mutant massacre is here. Oh, I mean, I don't,
0: I don't, don't have, have the 1986 receipts, but I, I, think it was marketed that way. I mean, I think it was very intentionally. Um, I guess they do. I mean, they as sell it an event.
1: They do sell trade paperbacks with like just these issues, so I guess that's, that might be. Yeah, might be
0: and far. I mean, it, you know, once this happens too, it, it kind of like Secret Wars 2, kind of like the original Secret Wars. Like this opens the door for hey, that X Men approach was really successful now we're going to do one of these almost every year yeah. you know and then that kind of that again that that door gets open and that's kind of what X-Men comics become uh, so yeah I'm, I am uh, more curious than usual to hear um, what people think and what people yeah, thought you can too. write to us uh, my year at gmail.com if you are a uh, patron support over at patreon.com slash my you can write to us in the slack to tell us what you thought about this event um, and, uh, and, and let us know your thoughts and questions we will definitely be talking about them on the upcoming variant cover uh, episode, which yeah, that'll work. So you'll have heard this this episode, and then yeah. we'll talk about it on yeah. a variant yeah. cover. So I, I'm very curious because um, this was probably the most fiery <laughs> disagreement again. <laughs> I, that, that I, I mean, the thing having. is, like, I'm not comics. mad at you, but I am disappointed. I'm disab- I think I'm a little disappointed because really? you I are feel like this is not so checked out on comics right now, that and is not that's true. not a thing it is is and it's not a thing i can salvage you know what i mean like it's you're unsalvageable um no No, what i'm what i'm saying is is,
1: like i i have i mean i liked comics in the last episode we just talked about right like we just talked about stuff with uh, okay
0: let me let me reframe it then you're so checked out on x-men right now yeah yeah, in a way that is like as a major fan of this franchise i can i can i can stomach someone being like yeah, I'm not into this again. Like I can stomach someone being like, yeah, this era in particular, it's kind of unwieldy. Um, Claremont, you know, he's running out of ideas. Like you said, or like, he doesn't know where he's going anymore or, or this and that, right? Like Mm it's, I can stomach those ideas. Um, it's some of the broader stuff where it's like this is incoherent or this, this has no significance or there's no stakes. Those, those things I totally disagree with. And yeah. then obviously just you're insane. <laughs> like, genuinely insane take that Walt Simonson is yeah. actively bad. Good artist,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, No, I'm not, I'm not checked out. Like I'm, I'm generally pretty excited to still read each batch each week. I don't want to make it. I mean, I genuinely like don't want to hear it from people who say I don't, like comics like, like or i'm not interested in reading these comics like i would not be doing this if i wasn't like uh that's very boring critique um but like the uh i don't know we're reading daredevil love and war and then electro assassin squadron supreme all things i'm excited for i would have loved to love this you know like i'm not coming in here to trash this because i think it's fun or like a good time like I would, i'm bummed out i didn't like this i liked the beginning of this issue one i liked and then it kind of just fell apart and became a messy um so like yeah i'm I am open to good comics. Uh, I just wish we were. Yeah, I'm. More I'm curious
0: them. now too, like because there is there is a structural element to this that is unique, right? Like Immune Masker* being this kind of first chapter by chapter crossover. I'm curious yeah. if as we approach any other stories like that, *Craven's um, Last Hunt* does it, but it's much tighter. You know, it's it's like I six think... issues, so I don't know that that's going to be fair. I'm just curious, like if you'll be sort of out on that approach. Yeah, I wonder because I,
1: I was thinking about this with this because i think chris claremont if this if we had read the four issues of chris claremont's thing i don't think i'd be nearly as fussy about this right like i think this is largely a lot of my reaction is because it's spread across so many things that it feels bloated and discombobulated across a bunch of different writers um, i mean based I on if,
0: what you've said if if you just hadn't read the x factor issues you might have had a totally different experience yeah, I, because I, that I, is like 98 of your Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like,
1: Claremont has still, like, yeah, because I actually think, like, I'm bored with some of Claremont's, um, like, character decisions, the ways that he's, like, voicing characters. Like, he doesn't, he's not bringing anything new to these characters for me, and that is interesting. Like, Psylocke is going through the same emotional and, like, personal personal problems that I feel like I've seen many other X-Men and New Mutants go through, which is just like, how do I fit in? Like, I'll never be one of the group, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I've seen you do this a dozen times already, and I'm just kind of tired of it. Um, But I think, like, larger idea stuff, it's fun and fine. Like, I like the idea of some, there's some crazy mutant death squad coming after mutants. That's interesting enough. I'm interested in Apocalypse and Mr. Sinister. Like, I know what they become those both sound interesting The like the hints of the story stuff the larger story ideas about apocalypse is interesting they did the yeah um,
0: well to that end one thing i will double down on that i do actually agree with is the marauders are underbaked um they show up like you said as this mutant death squad squad but they leave as a mystery as well i mean we get their names and we sort of get their power sets but again it's like it's not like the brotherhood of evil mutants showing up yeah. Where, or even like Freedom Force where it's like we know these characters and we know their deal and we know yeah. their history with the team
1: well, because it's also like yeah I think it does a bad job introducing them because it's just like here's five or six of them I defy anyone who just read this to be like here's the list of them and I could roughly tell you what they look like I think the art really like does a bad job of selling you know like individualized designs of these characters and also making them particularly interesting. Like I remember, there's a harpoon person. I don't remember. Is that the green-haired one? Is that the silver-haired woman? Is that the like the older yeah, lady? Yeah, I like,
0: I remember the first like scalp hunter stands out. Yeah, scalp as hunter a does, design does. and as a character yeah. that you will remember. I think Vertigo just because. Um, Who the hell's Vertigo? It's also say. a character in DC. <laughs> don't, like don't it's just it's a very yeah. common thing. Uh, but yeah, it, I don't think they really stand out as a unit. And I think that's kind of like we'll see them again. But it, you know, it's not like they're really a major thing um yeah. if like even for bigger x-men fans until you know a certain point so yeah. all right so that was the mutant massacre uh definitely let us know what you think uh next up on yeah. my marvel this year we will be talking about 1986 part four and it will be uh daredevil love and war graphic novel and then mm-hmm. born again the return of frank miller here with art by david mazzin kelly what many what many are calling the best marvel story you know what's interesting
1: time. is like there's a bunch of people in the slack who say like they really don't like this era of Daredevil and this is like where it turned for them and Frank Miller became the They kind don't of like, like Born Again? Yeah, we have a slack
0: they, that is a, that has a, pro, a preponderance of people saying i don't like daredevil born There's again
1: like two or three people who are like yeah love maybe they're talking about love and war i don't remember about born again
0: love and war would make more sense to me if it's born again love and war to the being the down.
1: like the uh the frank miller like becoming the frank miller we all think of where it's just like the the grim and gritty brutal grim dark frank miller so I'm mm, a little that doesn't worried, happen but,
0: like, until probably holy terror I mean, yeah horribly? yeah yeah. So, so I, I would disagree with that. We'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm, and then, of course, I'm, we're going to talk about Captain America, the start of the Mark Grunewald era on CAP, oh, cool. which actually cool. Cool. is uh, a pretty big uh, pretty big new development and creative team on yep. CAP. So that, that should be fun to dive into as well.
1: Yep. I'm excited about it.
0: All right. So uh, I'm Dave. He's Zach. You can find me at Comic Book Herald. You can find him at My Marvelous Year. Music for My This Year is by Disaster Piece. You can find, uh, again, all of the comics that we'll be reading in the show notes, or you can go to patreon.com. Slash My Marvelous Year. So, uh, anything else that you want to cover? That's it. All right. Thanks everybody for listening, and as always, enjoy the comics. Nope. No. Oh my goodness. That's your other podcast. I I did it without thinking. And as always, we'll see you next year. Hate the comic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, perfect.